Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports and Crest Media. And joining me is John Robertson, the CEO of Advent, an experiential design and consulting firm that creates experiences that move people. John has expertise in marketing, brand messaging, and partnerships with some of the biggest professional sports and educational institutions in the country, like the Dallas Cowboys, LA Rams, and a ton of collegiate athletic programs. John, I am so incredibly excited to have you on the show. Well, Rob, that excitement is shared. I, I am thrilled to be here. I appreciate what you do to try to help uh, share best practices and some insights with our industry. Thank you. So there's a few things that I want to talk about, and we're going to do this via telling a story and experience that I just had. So the three things we're going to do, how your partnerships have helped brands tell their stories and aided in solving some of their biggest communication hurdles, the value in finding connection points for the sponsor story, brand story, and fan story, and engaging millennials and Gen Z. So 30 minutes ago, here's what just happened. I had an experience on your website, which leads to why I'm so excited about this conversation. So I was digging into the projects on Advent's website, and my goodness, incredible eye-catching and engaging barely starts to describe some of what your company has created. And no joke, I could spend hours on the content surrounding the projects you've created. So an immediate action item for the listener, go to their website because you will not believe some of the things that they've created. So for example, I was looking at the North Carolina basketball project where you helped upgrade their facilities. It showed the locker room area and team area, players lounge, and there was an installation of Michael Jordan, Antoine Jameson. There was a Jordan brand shoe wall, and then it also showed the gear uh, of what the players are going to get if they come to North Carolina. I then watched the accompanying video and was blown away. So what I want to do is take some of the quotes that were said in the video and use them as the basis for what we'll talk about and how we can provide value you for the listener sound good sounds great so roy williams the coach of north carolina and oh by the way i do have march madness so this is very top of mind for me so roy williams says the brand shown in a different way in more modern way is really important i feel like this is an area where a lot of brands struggle with why is that well rob uh, all of us revere you know, Coach Williams, right? He he must be doing something right. He's had a long and successful career. Um, and he does say, you know, it's about showing the brand in, in a modern, updated way. So um, you've heard before in your professional career that often when or an organization does a strategic assessment, they do what's called a gap analysis, right? And in our business, as we help clients solve problems through use of creativity and design, we look at those gap analysis analyses as well. And so one of the things that's interesting is North Carolina had this enormous success. You and I perceive them as this pinnacle uh, brand, right? And especially in basketball. And yet when you toured their facility, especially if you were 17, 18 year old, or as you've already alluded in your, your upcoming question, if you were a millennial, that brand didn't translate at what you and I might call point of purchase, right? At the point uh, of, of the tour. 
And we're a very research-based firm. One of the things that, that our primary research studies have concluded is that that uh, what, what uh, the PhD that, that did this research study for us, Dr. Darren White from the Center for Sports Analytics in, at Samford University, he concluded that that athletoscape really is an important driver to the recruit being able to identify themselves with that program. And that's the fundamental of brand marketing that you and I subscribe to as well. We're going to choose in the morning whether we go to Starbucks for coffee or whether we go to McDonald's for coffee. And we do that in part because of the core value of the product, but we also do it in part because that choice is telling something about us. If we choose to wear Tom shoes or Nike shoes, that choice is telling something about us. And and what we've got to realize is that this younger audience, as Roy was alluding to, is very design driven. They're very experiential driven. It's it's a part of who they are. They've had a camera on them since the time they were born. And every time they open up an Apple product or a Samsung product, they're exposed to beautiful design. And so they get it. It's in their DNA. And what Roy was alluding to is here's the UNC brand we have a certain perception about it. Was that being translated at what, again, you and I would call point of sale or point of purchase in a way that, that was in alignment with the audience's perception of the brand? So I see so many instances in which we have these legacy brands that have been around for so long that tradition and excellence. Uh, here's a great example of this. Last year, we had a podcast on the Masters and their lack of what we'll call social media awareness. So let's talk about the, the intersection between the two because I'm very forward thinking in how I think of marketing fan engagement because like Wayne Gretzky says, I want to be where the puck is going, not where the puck is now. Nonetheless, where the puck previously was there. And I see so many instances, and I would say the overwhelming majority of brands out there and specifically on social media with their marketing where it does not jive from what my perception of their brand is to what my experience is, knowing that every brand has the ability to deliver an unforgettable modern experience for me. And I feel like so many brands are failing at that right now. Well, you're, you're talking about a couple of different theories that are coming together in, in our world. And it's especially true, I think, for sports marketing. And so uh, first, let's talk about that social media experience you're talking about, right? We, we describe uh, millennials and their following generation, the cohort generation centennials. Some people call them Generation Z, right? That's the 16-, 17-, 18-year-old. They are, are curators of their own narrative, right? They're, they're just like a museum curator. They're choosing what's a part of their story through Snapchat, through Instagram, uh, through Twitter, right? They're choosing what's in there. But what's interesting is if you look at the patterns and social scientists look at these patterns, what they're choosing is what Chip and Dan Heath call elevated experiences. And so going back to that UNC Michael Jordan shoe wall, so that's had an audience uh, reach of 1.2, almost 1.5 million um followers. It's had a total impressions of almost 6 million. It's the most photographed iconic space on UNC's campus. But I remind you, I call you back to Roy Williams point. 
in that this was about representing the UNC brand. And so you're, you're absolutely right. You've got to use the combination of social media and experiences to kind of reframe the argument. Uh, one of the case studies that you mentioned as we kicked this off was the Dallas Cowboys. We worked with Charlotte Jones Anderson. She was very clear. She did not want our exhibit work at their new headquarters in Frisco, the star, to be a dusty old museum because that wasn't the reflection of the brand. And so our experiences there are much more energized. They're much more both uh, seizing on the opportunity of the greatness and the legacy in the, in the past, but it's much more forward-looking to the living, breathing brand. And so you're absolutely right. It's about this kind of guiding the audience with a perception that you want them to have. So that's a great segue to the next one. Uh, Roy Williams says they didn't just want it to be glitz and glamour, but help tell the story. So let's focus specifically on the glitz and glamour part first. To me, this is shiny object syndrome, something that is also a huge problem that I see out there in the market. How can brands avoid this and instead focus on setting a solid foundation with forward thinking? Well, uh, it's um, this relates in part uh, to the hero's journey, right? Joseph Campbell uh, did a lot of work around this element, and we all relate to a story, and recruits want to relate to a story. And so when they come in contact with that UNC locker room player area, one of the things that's really inspiring is those player greats. But our research has shown that uh, a recruit can only remember about three seasons back. So what Joseph Campbell taught us is that there's a real emotional connection to that hero's journey. So more important than glitz and glamour in gilded fixtures is an emotional connection with the audience so that they can aspire to be one of those heroes, so that they can self-identify. That's what our research has shown is happening. They can self-identify with the narrative that's being told in that space. And, you know, stories are really important for all of us. We go to great movies, again, the Joseph Campbell uh, narrative on this. We identify with Harry Potter. We identify with Luke Skywalker because we see in them and through them a part of our own story and struggle. And so what we try to do is bring those narrative themes to life in a way that you can physically experience uh, and, and have an emotional connection with. And you, you know a lot about storytelling and how important it is in today's marketing culture. I worry that we are missing some of those emotional connection points with a lot of our sports organizations. I completely agree. And one thing Roy Williams said is a great story is being told down here on this hallway. And one element of storytelling that I also believe is solely missed in marketing right now is the, the value in me as a consumer feeling the heartbeat of the brand. So much of marketing now is megaphone based, especially because social media makes it so easy at the click of a button just to say, hey, I'm going to let everybody know about the latest product that I have. And the framing is incorrect because the focus is on me, the brand, look at what I'm doing and less what can I do for everybody else, which we'll actually get to in a second. But I feel like I don't know much about most brands, the heartbeat. So if you're like, 
Rob, tell me the top 10 brands that you like, and then tell me the, the backstory behind that and, and where that weaves in there. Why isn't that more of a central focus, knowing that as you look on a maybe an ROI basis, a lot, a lot of brands may not be thinking, well, what's really the value of us telling the story of how this started, the journey, the obstacles, the reason people should care about this, because instead we just want to push products. Yeah. Uh, we have a definition here uh, about brand, and it is uh, def- the, the, the brand is defined as a collection of perceptions in the mind of the audience, positive and negative, that add value or subtract value and enable choice. And so what we've got to realize is that the audience is the key subject in that definition, right? It's this collection of perceptions, positive and negative, in the mind of the audience. They're the ones with the power in the marketing equation. And those perceptions, positive and negative, add or subtract value and enable choice, meaning the fan, the sponsor, the donor gets to choose where they're going to invest their discretionary income. And so to your point, it isn't about the brand. It's about the audience's response to in connection with the brand. And I love the phrase you use, which is kind of feel this heartbeat, right? This emotional connection with the brand. And so what we have to do is we have to listen to the audience. We have to understand what drives them. Uh, We have to understand what they're posting on Instagram and Twitter and see what makes them emotional, right? Oprah spent her entire career almost on every episode making the audience feel something, And sometimes I think we, maybe we get a little bit arrogant with our brand. And to your point, we're just blasting out things with shotguns and, and and an overabundance of saturation. And we miss those moments of an emotional connection point. And I'll go even further for you with the pressure that's on us right now, especially in professional sports, that elevated ticket price, right? You're trying to decide, could I spend my discretionary income to go to a professional sporting event? And then you go there and you're oversaturated with all these posters in the arena, right? That don't relate to you. And what you're looking for is a memorable experience that you can tweet and Instagram about and further define your social narrative. And so that's where we've really got to encourage those brands to really think about the audience. So I love this because these are just natural segues up next. I like it because it builds a sense of community and is a welcoming environment and people feel really good about being here. So let's talk about the next level of this, the importance of building community. Once again, I'm sorry to keep on harping on what I see the market not doing, but the fact of the matter is I don't see the market doing a lot of the things correctly from a marketing perspective. I am all in, 100% all in at Bacon Sports in building community. And this comes from the way that I've seen the publisher industry uh, continue to go down the tubes with their their struggles in monetization where it was banner ads and, oh my God, it goes from desktop to mobile and what are we going to do to sustain ourselves? Whereas the brands that are succeeding right now are community-driven. And as I see it, it's like, well, how in the world can you build a community around? And here's a great example, GoPro. GoPro was just a camera company. And yet somehow they found a way to build a community around the emotion and the experience of what happens when you've got one of those cameras. Am I whitewater rafting? Am I uh, taking a time lapse of 
uh, the Northern Lights, who knows what. And I fully believe that every single brand has the ability to build a community and they are missing the boat on it. And it starts with setting the foundation that says, you know what? We believe in providing value for our audience and giving them a reason to look forward to hearing back from us again. So what are your thoughts on uh, community building and how brands can do more of it? Because North Carolina nailed it in that quote. Well, it's... what you're suggesting is extraordinarily powerful. And that is it's capitalizing on the fan, on the recruit, on the donors need to belong, right? We all need to belong. And all of the social science tells us that it's true in, in the millennial generation. It's true in the centennial generation. There is a strong need to be a part. You, you can almost finish my sentence to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. And so that sense of belonging, that sense again, of telling our story, that's why we're trying to convince that recruit to put on the, the Tar Heel Jersey is because ultimately that's the quintessential statement of belonging. But what Roy is alluding to is he's communicating experientially through the walls, right? We've heard that that old saying, if these walls could talk. Well, those do. They tell a message of the culture he's trying to shape. And he says in, in that short film on our website, adventresults.com, he says, you know, we're putting these images, these profiles, these stories out there so that you can see maybe someday I could be that. I could be that great. But you could do that here in this culture. And so to your point, one, uh, we've got to realize that an experience, an environment contributes to culture, right? It really does. It contributes to culture. And it's very motivating. When we did the makeover of the the Tennessee Titans headquarters here, as soon as the, the press covered that unveiling for them, here we had these you know, uh, professional football players talking about how the owners were setting a new tone, tone for the culture that they thought that, that, you know, making over that environment expressed it's a new day. This is about a winning culture. Now that's so amazing, isn't it? Because if we're not careful, we, we would think that those, uh, professional sports players, well, they're just, you know, self-absorbed millionaires. They're not, they're not hedge funds. They're human beings who have an emotional connection. And just like the college athletes that Roy is trying to influence, there, there's an emotional connection that says, this organization cares about me. I'm connected with, there's connective tissue here in what I'm seeing around me and the values that are being reinforced around me. And so you're absolutely right. Culture is so important. It allows us as fans, as consumers to belong, to connect. People will never forget the way you make them feel. So up next, recruiting is like shaving. You take a day off and someone notices. It has to be that way with your facilities. So let's talk about marketing and communication consistency. So this is the next thing. Rob, we can't do social media marketing. We don't have the time or the resources or the knowledge to do this because we're not a huge organization. And it is this limiting thinking that has permeated a lot of the culture for why they can't do something. But on the flip side, it is the consistency of your brand messaging. And oftentimes when I'm talking with clients uh, about digital strategy and social media, 
uh, I can boil it down to a micro level, one specific post and something that I don't like about it. And what I say to them is every interaction is an opportunity to create a positive brand interaction. And I don't care if you're just mailing this in because insert whatever excuse. Me as the end consumer, I'm inundated with thousands of messages at a time. And I have the choice to say, hey, what brands am I going to support? And I want to support the ones who are consistent in their marketing and communication because it speaks to the overall ethos of the brand. Yeah. So... (laughs) I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit. So I barely got in Vanderbilt's business school. Okay. I I barely got in. I I got in on, on, uh, you know, because I was a minority, I was a redneck from East Tennessee and I barely got in the highfalutin school at Vanderbilt to get an MBA. And I was a really strong C student while I was there. Uh, But one of the things that I came out of that experience with and getting my MBA was that marketing is much, much less about perfection. And it's much, much more about execution. I, I, I say to my team here that, that marketing's got to be a little blue collar, right? It, it's got to be get up, go to work every day, make the donuts again today. It's got to be about consistently executing and not overthinking. I think so many times there, there are great ideas in the laboratory, in the conference room that never get brought to life because the marketers, you're just afraid to execute. Do something for heaven's sake. And to your point, it's about consistency because, and you said it in, in your opening question, the power is with the audience. And so one doesn't know when they're going to have an expressed need, number one. Number two, one doesn't know when they're going to finally act upon their connection and, and motivation and express need. And so as a marketer, you have to consistently approach that. And we especially think that way visually. There has to be a consistent execution that aligns with the perception that the audience has when they come into a physical space that upholds that brand value, that brand standard. Yeah, and I think you really nailed it with the blue-collar approach because one of the things that goes back to how do you have authenticity and tell your brand story and build a community, it's authenticity. It's, hey, we're not always perfect, but on the flip side, despite this, the last the last thing we'll talk about, it's show this is first class all the way. So let's talk about quality, specifically high quality. And I feel like there's an interesting dynamic between high quality and the authentic blue collar way of doing things. And I believe you can have both at the same time. And I believe that starts with the foundation and the strategy that you're using upon this. It's when we're talking about high quality, it's don't be sloppy. Don't just be doing things for the sake of doing them. However, you can still create something that has a DIY approach that still feels very authentic to what you're doing and allows you to reach those core messages and beliefs that you want to reach with your audience. So talk about the standard that brands need to set with with their content and their quality where it says, you know what, we're going to create high quality, but we're also self-aware enough to know that everything doesn't need to be the Sistine Chapel. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to butcher just a little bit, and your audiences can check me on this, but I'm going to butcher a little bit the General George Patton quote, right? That a good plan 
violently executed today is better than a great plan deployed next week. And that's, that's the mantra that you have to have with respect to marketing. Uh, uh, there, there's a new book out by a Harvard professor called Good at Work, and he uh, discusses the theory of, of being good enough but not excess. And I just think sometimes, you know, simply said, we overthink it. And so a standard of excellence doesn't have to be perfection. It doesn't have to be the pinnacle of excellence. It just says we're going to set our sights high. We're going to think through our messaging. We're going to think through our audiences. We're going to look at the variables in terms of what sort of reach or what sort of open rate did this marketing effort have last week and how can we improve those variables. So there's a sense of analysis. There's a sense of a feedback loop. How can we improve things? There's a sense of cohesion, but there's not a sense of being paralyzed by the analysis or being paralyzed by setting an overly aggressive standard. One can comply with excellence without having to obsess about perfection. So, John, where can people connect with you in Advent? So uh, our website is adventresults.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, John Robertson, Advent Nashville. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where we get to put up these great stories from folks like uh, Co- Coach Roy Williams from the work we've done at the Dallas Cowboys. And it really serves the fans well because they get to see a behind-the-scenes look at some of these facilities that they may not get to tour on their own. So those are some places they can connect with us. John, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I highly recommend you go and check out what they're doing. The simplest way to put it, it's like visual, athletic, locker room porn. It's those things that you see on uh, Twitter when all of a sudden they're like, have you seen this new facility? And you're like, oh, my God, this is incredible that is what they have built just go there and check it out on their website look at the projects and let it inspire you because it inspired me to achieve more greatness in terms of experience and boom goes the dynamite